Welcome, one and all, to episode 365 of Signals from Mars. You people voted. My patrons voted. Everyone who wanted to voted on this. And this is our 1986 countdown. Like I said, everyone submitted lists. And this is the result of the polls. Enjoy. I'm ready. Let's do it! For those that are new to these kind of shows, what I do is I have my patrons submit a top 10 list. And in this case, the theme is 1986. So I have them submit their 10 favorite albums for the year. Number one gets 10 points, number two, nine points, all the way down to number 10, which gets one point. I tally everything up and that's how I get the results for these polls. This time around, what I'm going to do moving forward is that anyone can vote. So if you're listening to this and you've never voted before, you can do so in the future. Okay. Uh, The next patron special, similar to this, is going to be debut albums, where we're going to vote on our top 10 favorite debut albums. And then based on that, I'm going to come up with a list similar to this. And what we're doing is anyone can vote. You're going to be able to submit by email. You'll be able to send your emails to signals from Mars at signals from Mars and or signals from Mars at signals from Mars.com. Excuse me. And based on that, I'll take your voting and include it. You need to be a patron to be part of the live stream. That's the only prerequisite. Okay. Uh, If you do want to become a patron, it is $2 a month. That is one way that you can support the show. There's all types of different tiers with that, or you can get different types of merch depending on what you subscribe to. And also you could support the show by doing PayPal donation. You could also buy merch as well. We've got some cool t-shirts jackets, hoodies, all that kind of stuff. And you can find out about all that on signalsfromars.com. You can also find out all the social media platforms where you could subscribe or where you could follow the show or you could subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to it uh, on the website or on rss.com, which is where the show now resides, or if you want to watch the live stream. All that great stuff is on signalsfromars.com. Check it out for all the latest up-to-date stuff going on with the show. I do want to send a shout-out to my patrons. Uh, Not all these guys voted. Not all these guys are included in this show. But uh, shout-outs to Sean Richmond, Chris Sinzak, Tony in Barcelona, Anthony Mackey, Ed Ferguson, who's on the show, Johan, who's on the show, Metal Dan, who's on the show, Jose in Connecticut, Gabriel in New Jersey, 
We have Mr. Yarg Metal, Brad Dahl. He's there. Mike Jones, not present, but his presence is always felt. <laughs> Mr. Patrons picked Jeremy Weltman, who was there. Steve Hoker and Mr. Steven Saylor. Want to thank all these fine, fine gentlemen for being patrons. I want to thank all of you people for listening to this episode. It is greatly appreciated. Help spread the word. Agree, disagree, share this episode with your friends. There's going to be some albums that cause controversy along the way. I'm sure there are people that aren't going to agree with what ended up number one. Did Maiden repeat as number one? We know the group. Don't want to provide any spoilers or anything, but you'll just have to listen to find out. Thanks once again. And let's jump right on into 1986. Welcome one and all to the October 27th edition of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor, and tonight we have the glorious countdown of albums from 1986. My patrons have voted. A few other people have voted as well, and we've come up with 52 albums to represent 1986, and let me invite let me invite. Yeah. How about let me <laughs> introduce the invitees for tonight. Joining us from somewhere in California. What? Metal Dan. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for joining. Somewhere in Sweden. Johan. Good evening, everybody. Johan, how do you pronounce your last name? Erderström. Okay, there you go. Say no. it again, please. Erderström. <laughs> <laughs> At least tell me I'm closer than Mark Striegel saying it. Absolutely, always. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could say Smith and I would still be closer. Um, all right. In the UK... Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Weltman. Good evening. Good evening. Now, this is going to be a weird one. We usually say in Utah, but Utah is gone. Yarg Metal Central is now in the famous potato state. Mr. Brad Dahl, how are you? Oh, thank you, Johan Edestrom. <laughs> Look at that. Brad is now going to point out on the maps behind us, behind him, where all of us are located. (laughs) Mel Dan's over here. We got Johan over here. Jeremy right about there. Oh, Victor. Victor's Victor. I've actually been close to Victor. It's right here. See that? All Bilbo. Right. Bilbo. Bilbo. That's how the locals actually say it is Bilbo. Yeah, what do they Not know? Dragons. 
Um, all right. And last but definitely not least, from the bourbon capital of the world, Mr. Ed the Shred Ferguson. Oh, wow. Right there. <laughs> can you hear and see me okay? Yes, we can. All right. I got the, the desktop going again there. So Cool. So uh, Ed, Ed was nice enough to put up some nice... 86 flavored albums, me being the sloth that I am, I did not. Uh, but we're going to do some rapid fire naming of albums here because um, how's the song go? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Um, we're going to start out at number 52 here. And just remember, folks. Remember the magnitude of albums that are in front of what's here at the tail end. Usually the albums that are closer to the top have been voted on by a lot of people. And I will say that the number one album was voted on by everyone except for maybe two or three people. And it was either number one or two on the majority of their lists. So the number one is kind of a runaway. We've seen bigger, bigger gaps. But I think that you guys will be excited about the final product. There's some, some things out of left field here, as expected. But uh, here we go. So let's quickly do 52, 51, and 50. At 52, we have Warlock with True as Steel. 51, Sabotage, Fight for Rock, Fight for the Rock, excuse me. And at 50, Rough Cut with Wants You. All right. In the chat, we have um, Bill Elam, and we have... John Rose, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Looks like Ross. John Ross? John Ross. Do we know John? Um, John uh, mentioned something today within the Signals from Mars group. Nice. Page, I forget. Oh, we have Tony as well hey, in Tony. Barcelona who actually voted for the rough cut. Uh, all right. So let's do the 40s real quick here. At 49. Nuclear Assault, Game Over. Emerson, Lake, and Powell with Emerson, Lake, and Powell. Alice Cooper with Constrictor at 47. 46, Rat with Dancing, Undercover. 45, Possessed with Beyond the Gates. 44, Magnum with Vigilante. Uh, how would you pronounce Vigilante? In uh, in proper English, Jeremy. Exactly as you just said it. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> 40, I passed the test. 43, Agnostic Front. Cause for alarm. I wish I would pass the spelling part of it because I totally messed up spelling cause. 42, Sepultura with Morbid Visions. 41, Self-titled debut by the Georgia Satellites. And at 40, we can thank Steve Hoker for this one. Street Lethal by Racer X. X. Yeah. That was such 
good stuff here that it's hard to quantify, you know, just to say, oh, it's definitely this or that. You know, there's so many good albums here. That Racer X was a strong hopeful when it came out, hitting the scene with who they had for players. Right. And uh, they played locally around the Southern California area a lot. And I caught them back in the day. They they were going to be a big deal. And they had a cool name. Yeah, absolutely. And I have Racer X back up there uh, on the shelf. Not the uh, not the band, the uh, Funko Pop of the uh, Speed Racer character. Uh, anyway, the thirties, thirty nine, King Diamond with Fatal Portrait. 38, Depeche Mode with Black Celebration. <laughs> um, what songs were on that that were so good? You would know. Do you know? Off of uh, the Depeche, Depeche Mode. Mode album? Yeah. Stripped, for example, is off of there. Um, I think People Are People is on there. Oh, okay. I got you now. No, Johan is saying no. What album is People Are People on? Or am I thinking of everything counts as on Black Celebration? Uh, well, I can't remember, but it's yeah. okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> now, Jared, my, my, my uh, go metal day, and you just wrecked Johan. <laughs> I do. <laughs> they're getting a lot of push these days in Southern California. Depeche Mode is they're they're you know touring more and just they're just having a kind of a comeback after the the death. Uh, that's all. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Good, good thing is we have the internet to find out these things. Yeah, they're hitting. I I didn't mean to stall. I, they're just hitting around here right now. No, no. Okay, so I'm I'm totally off here. So a question of time and stripped mm-hmm. are probably the two big songs off of that album. Black Celebration is kind of known as well. And and all of these, all the ones that I just, well, Stripped, uh, Ramstein has covered that. Black Celebration, Monster Magnet has covered. So um, the person that actually voted for this was Ron Scalzo of Return to Earth, who I've actually had on the show. Um, I went into discussion with him with how I think Depeche Mode is a band that heavily influenced a lot of metal bands. Uh, part of it from the composition standpoint and part from the type of lyrics. So anyway, uh, let's see. Let me get back into place here. 37, someone else that I interviewed, Sword with Metal Eyes. 36 wow. from my home state. Love this band, but they were not on my list. The Smithereens with Especially For You. 35, an album I voted for and is possibly my favorite from this band's catalog. It is Queen with a kind of magic. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that album. 34. With a Medal of Honor, it is T.T. Quick. Dan, who voted for that one? That would be me. <laughs> yeah. Again, fall in love with the name. Knew nothing about it. Discovered. And I think it's uh, nearly a perfect album. 33. Great White, Shot in the Dark. An album that 
more than one person voted for. It's good. Uh, 32, Flotsam and Jetsam, Doomsday for the Deceiver. 31, Vinnie Vincent Invasion with Invasion. And at 30, Transformers, the motion or the movie soundtrack. Yes. Into the 20s we go. 29, Crimson Glory with Crimson Glory. 28. Now, keep in mind that a member of another band that will appear farther up on this list appears on this album. It is licensed to ill by the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Huge release at that time. Yes, absolutely. 27. Quiet Riot with QR3. Paul Shortino. Paul Shortino on lead vocals there. Sean McNabb on bass with his blonde, curly poodle hair. 26. Saxon, Rock the Nations. 25. Genesis, Invisible Touch. More than one person voted on this album. The videos were everywhere. They were touring like crazy. They were huge in the charts. Yes, absolutely. It was a tremendous album. Mm-hmm. 24. Anthrax with Among the Living. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check the date on that record. Is it a disqualifier? Let me see. Let's check it. All right. Yeah, I don't have it either. Ooh, March 87. That's right, March 87. So, yeah, you have to save that one for next show. Yeah. We'll save that one for next year. All right. So we voted on (laughs) – 52 albums were voted on, 51 are legal. (laughs) (laughs) So far. Um. Someone's asking a good question there. Can you answer that? Yeah. Uh, all right, Will. You might be right here. Um, yes, it was. It was not. No, wait, wait. No. Wait a second. QR3 is the one, the wild and the young. He's right. It was Dubro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. QR. Wait, who is, isn't that Bill Elam? That's Bill Elam. Thank you, well, Bill. Of right. Bill's always right. Jeez. So QR is the one with Paul Short. Oh. Okay. I made the same mistake. So that QR three is the one with the wild and the young and the one with twilight hotel and little else. And, and I'm a big choir ride fan and that's not one of my more favorite albums. And that's in my broken English there. All right. 23 ACDC who made who? Technically a greatest hits album, but ACDC doesn't consider it that because there's two originals on there. Uh, 22. This one almost made my top 10, but it 
slid out in the end. Uh, it is Motorhead with Orgasmatron. Mm. 21. Billy Idol with Whiplash Smile, the first album. I believe that's the first one without Steve Stevens, isn't it? I think you're right. With, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, who played on that? Younger Smith. I forget his first name. Um, Younger Smith? Yeah. Uh, uh, Whiplash Smile. No, Whiplash Smile is has Steve Stevens. This is the one that has uh, Don't Need a Gun, Forgot to Be a Lover. The one that I'm thinking of is Charmed Life, uh, which has Mark Younger Smith. Yeah. All right. So, wow. So, yeah, that was a huge album as well. That was on uh, MTV quite a bit. Number 20. This band, a lot of people have always said, had they picked a different name, they would have been bigger. And more people probably would have gotten into them. More people that weren't caught up with the name and with the look. But I think that this first album is great. Not so big into any of their other albums, but uh, uh, this this album may be part of a future discussion that that we may have because it's the debut album by Cinderella Night Songs hmm. 19 to me this album is as good as the first five albums by Van Halen it is Eat em and Smile by David Lee Roth wow. the playing on this album is just uh. ridiculous so, just my Did opinion. You like it that much, but as good as all five. That's yes. a big statement you're making there. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and yes. then the, he he had the balls to release a release an all Spanish version of the album. That too. Oh, I didn't know he did that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some pretty janky Spanish, but it's you know, it's it's interesting and it's. Uh, Shy Boy is is my go-to off of that in Spanish. Drives my wife crazy. <laughs> she does not like hearing that at all. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Steve Vai's playing on this is ridiculous. Uh, Billy Sheehan is great. Matt, Matt Bissonette is tremendous on it. Uh, what about the songs? What's that? What about the songs? Songs are fucking yeah. great. Really? Okay. I guess I got to listen to it again. Yankee Rose, uh, Yankee Rose Shy Boy. Shy Boy is uh, a Talis song anyway. It's like a cover. So, And because Van Halen never recorded any covers before? Well, that's, a, that's actually a really fair statement. <laughs> All right. Um, that's Life is also a cover. So is Tobacco Road off of it. Elephant Gun, Ladies Night in Buffalo, um, Bump and Grind. I think that the album is awesome, personally. Right. I'm going to give it another listen. My my opinion. And if I wasn't a sloth, I could have pulled out the two copies that I have of it on vinyl behind me. I, I, I wore it out, and uh, I heard it. I've overheard it now, you know. But, yeah, I, I can agree. If I hadn't only worn it out, 
See that? <laughs> and the Spanish version over and over. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 18, another band that um, includes covers every now and then. Brad, you can hold this against them? <laughs> it of is, course. It is Wasp with Inside the Electric Circus. 17. Van Halen, 5150. That to me. That has covers? No, but I think uh, Eat Him and Smile blows, in my opinion, blows 5150 away. Right. I'm, I'm, I am not a fan of Hammy Sagar, so. Wow. Yes, and I owned all those albums, and I sold all those albums. Except for for unlawful carnal knowledge, with which my mother bought me for my birthday, so I couldn't part with that. Uh, anyway, at uh, number sixteen, before we get into the nitty gritty, we had Invisible Touch before, so why not Peter Gabriel with so at number sixteen? So, sold a lot of copies. Look. Um, I said hard rock and metal, but I understand why every one of these albums, the Genesis, the Peter Gabriel, the Depeche Mode, the Beastie Boys, even the Transformers, I understand why every single one of these albums is on there because they were all huge sellers. They were all these were all, all over TV one way or another. So a lot of us were seeing a lot of these videos on MTV. But uh, anyway, we will keep the, 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 the moment where, oh, shit, what just fucking happened? We're going to keep from that moment? No. Hold on. I fucked up. Well, while he's figuring that out, today, I'll ask you guys. Today, when I was listening to 1986 albums and Wasp came on, that song, I Don't Need No Doctor, hmm. do you think Blackie's still singing that song these days? <laughs> have, have you heard his interviews lately, how much he needs the doctors now? <laughs> That'd be kind of a funny funny tune for him to sing these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would, that I don't think I'd sing that if I need the doctors to have to see that. It's a good... It's a great cover, though. Change the lyrics to now. I need a doctor. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's a great cover, though. I like that. I like that. Um, that's, a, that's a good cover of that, is it? Yeah. All right. It was a big hit too. in the UK. All right. Wow. So who originally did that? I know Humble Pie. Uh, that was did they write? I'm that? thinking Humble Pie. Yeah. I they, can't, they wrote it. That's a great I, song. I, I Fun song so, to yeah. play too. Yeah, on my Humble Pie live album, it's on there. And I, well, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I think they did it. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like an old blues song they covered. Well, it, yeah, maybe go further back, I suppose. Yeah. Folks, uh, I have to say, uh, I, screw, I, I screwed this up big time. Oh, geez. So, well, there we go. start the show over. Well, Nothing like doing yeah. live podcasting, huh, Richter? No. Yeah, looks like my addition. Uh, my addition skills weren't good and not that my addition skills were not good. It's just that I listed an album twice. <laughs> so we had 50 albums on this chart. <laughs> we, we have now eliminated among the living. 
And another one which will be, which I already mentioned, will be our number eight album. So. Okay. This uh, the, I Don't Need No Doctor was actually uh, written by Ashford and Simpson. Yeah. And Joe Armstead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what Will says there. Yeah. I gotta, I, I gotta hear the original. I guess uh, Ray Charles uh, recorded it in eighty in nineteen sixty six. There you go. Oh, there you go. All right, all right. So you see, kids, you can learn stuff here. That's right. <laughs> Let's get on to fifteen. Fifteen is an album and a band that has come up over and over and over again with different shows like this that we've done. At 15, we have The Dark by Metal Church. Great record. Yeah. Absolutely great. All right. 14. A little too far up, I think, or down. Too far down. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see how. uh, I think Johan agrees. Yeah. I think that that there's going to be a bigger sticking point a little up farther, Mr. Ferguson. And, yeah, and, uh, and what's that? You're going to hurt me here pretty soon. I can <laughs> feel it. <laughs> Number 14. Look what the cat dragged in by poison. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a perfect album. It shows my difference. I mean, I can listen to. What is going to be the number one? And I can have this at number two. And that's just where my mind was at the time, is I could listen to both genres of music. Yeah, this to me is their best album by far. Um, I listened to this album today for the first time in a really long time. When this came out, I played the crap out of this. Um, The title track to me is probably the best thing they've ever recorded. And the title track is probably their closest attempt at doing anything remotely close to like early Motley Crue. So that's probably why I love it so much. Uh, but yeah, similar to what you're saying, Dan, I was kind of in the same boat. Uh, Ed, at uh, at 13, though. Fast nice. the Trick or Treat soundtrack. <laughs> Time wow. to put that one on here next week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> on on Tuesday, that's a mandatory play. It is. Yeah, when that one came out, it was in heavy rotation for me as well too. I I overplayed that album. I think I was so proud that Fastway was on a movie soundtrack, be as it is. But still, it was uh, the music was was great for for that release. Yeah, and and the thing with that movie too. I mean, you had Ozzy in it. You had Gene Simmons, and I remember people say, "Oh, well." The movie sucks. And I was like, I don't care. This is you know, the type of music that I listen to. These Maybe are fun. The, the, yeah, these are people, you know, Ozzy and Gene Simmons. And, and, you know, these are people that I've loved for years. So something that actually represents this genre of music that I love and it's in the movies and whatnot. I don't care how bad it is. I love it. <laughs> you know, you and know, it could have been when it came out. What's that, Ed? Repeat that. I said it was cool as hell when it came out. When we were yeah. teenagers, I was. Yeah, yeah. Dan, go ahead. 
Yeah, besides, you, know, you made a, you had ACDC Who Made Who soundtrack, but otherwise all movie soundtracks before that were never are what we listened to. It was, you know, the other types of music. So now there was this, and I think that's why I championed it so much. Yeah, I agree. At number 12, Europe with yeah. the final countdown. Absolutely. Such a a great album. Such a great album. I mean, it might be poppy. You know, it's the softer side of rock, but it, and we know that the, um, the title track overwhelms the whole album because it, you know, it was so famous, but it's got so many hits on it. I mean, Rock the Nights on it, Carrie's on it, Cherokee's on it, and it's just a fantastic album. It's real 80s rock by one of the Sweden's greatest bands. And Johan's going to back me up on that, I know. Absolutely, Jeremy. It's a fantastic album, and uh, uh, it's, uh, I mean, probably one of Sweden's proudest moments. So it's, yeah, absolutely great. Yeah, and if I can add the same thing, Europe plays, you know, the Monsters of Rock Cruise here and there, and they do okay. But then I saw the lead, the latest from um, Sweden Rock when they played, and man, it's just it's this massive crowd that's into Europe. They are so relevant today, hmm. even more. So good on them. That's amazing. The, the other thing to consider, and this is the same thing, kind of happens with Kiss as well, in that um, you have a lot of people like Michael Lamott who swear by this album, you know, where you have a lot of extreme metal fans that don't like something like Europe or, or the final countdown or, or kiss. I know a lot of fans of black metal that hate kiss, but yet all the bands that actually were kind of the cornerstone of that subgenre all love kiss. So it's funny to me that, you know, Europe, how much, uh, the Amat brothers love John Norm's playing and how it's been an influence on them. So, uh, all right, moving on to 11. Except with Russian roulette. Johan, you've got a disgruntled look. Yeah. Uh, my number one. Uh, it could have been my number three, in, you know, in in uh, in 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 uh, another week. But right, this uh, uh, album is fantastic. It's both hard and it has melodies in the chorus. Uh, I think it's uh, you know amazing album and. You know, back then, an album that I played a lot of air guitar too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Back I'm, then, have, have you retired the air guitar? No. Okay. No, of course not. <laughs> no, but it was, it is a great album. You know, with the combinedness with the hardness and the choruses. Mm-hmm. I still find it 
one of the best heavy metal albums of all times. So, wow. I had it as high as number two. So oh, I can good to hear, good to hear. On, yeah. uh, from Monster Man. It's, there's just sing along, chanting mm-hmm. songs that are just heaven is hell. Uh, it, it's it's great. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. Um, and you know, as great as Metal Heart is, that one was a little more radio friendly compared yeah. to Balls to the Wall, and. This one, it, it reminded me, listening to these songs today, has that darker feel that Balls to the Wall had. Yeah. But like you guys said, it still has those catchy melodies and choruses. And that's, uh, I, I agree, it wasn't that high in my list, but it was right there in the middle somewhere, maybe around five. Uh, great record. I agree with your all's description. Maybe the album title held them back. Maybe the album cover held them back. Hmm. But other than that, it should be. It's it's that good. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we now hit the top 10. At number 10, we have a band named after a famous inventor. Mm-hmm. Huh. Tesla with Mechanical Resonance. Now, this album for me is one that I jumped on late. Uh, I knew all the quote-unquote hits off of here, but uh, at my last job in the States, um, one of the bands that we played quite a bit was Tesla, so I got to learn Easy Come, Easy Go, um, Changes, and a few other things off of this. this. This album had a lot of songs that rock radio played at the time uh at least eddie trunk was playing a lot of this and um uh and now i'm drawing a blank as to what the metal show was in new york now but anyway they played quite a bit off of this as well so this album was um this band was big i think this was one of uh, one of these albums where I taped a lot of these songs off of the radio. <laughs> so I ne- never got the album until later on, but uh, still enjoy it. Jeremy, what do you have to say about Mechanical Resonance? Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely love it. I mean, it's, um, I just think it's, uh, a, you know, a band and an album that I've got into sort of later on, really. I mean, at the time, I think when they came out, they um, didn't make such an impression, partly over the UK. I think it's a big sort of US, UK thing. Um, they've never been a massive band over in the UK, but um, I think it's a really great album. Yeah, there's a lot of good songs on there. They show a lot of talent. The songwriting's very good. And it's, uh, you know, it's couched in that sort of 80s sound, but it's um, they've got a little bit of a harder edge than some of the bands that were around at the time. Uh, proper hard rock band and... Um, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. They they were pretty big in the States for a while. Unfortunately, it was for a cover song and for a ballad, which kind of, to me, tarnished, not tarnished the band, but I think people were getting into the band for, quote-unquote, the wrong reasons. Because, I mean, I was 
playing with uh, with friends back then and trying out stuff for like cover bands and whatnot. And hey, let's do Love Song by Tesla. And I'm like, really? Out of all the songs that they fucking have, which are great rock songs, we're going to play like their one fucking ballad instead? Well, all the girls love it. I'm like, you're wearing a wig and you're like 50 back then. <laughs> you know, uh, you're not going to have a problem with the girls coming up to you, my friend. Um, so anyway, wow. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Anyway, moving on. At number nine. It is Queensryche, Rage for Order. People seem to be agreeing with this. Who wants to mention something about Rage for Order? Brad, you had this on your list, didn't you? I believe that was my number one, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah, this album, I... You know, this is back in the day when you you could do an album that didn't sound like the first, the album before it, uh, which this didn't. This is a really hard turn for them. Um, it's one of the first albums that really sounded digital. I mean, there was a lot of samples and stuff, and and uh, and it was just big and just metal sounding, and uh, it's great, great songs on there. Uh, I love that album. Anyone else? Walk in the shadows. Come on. Yeah. You can't yeah. beat that. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. I think Queensryche are a very different sounding band to some of these other bands that we've got on the list, aren't they? They, they seem quite different. No, nobody sounded like Queensryche back then. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. They, were, they were like, especially this album. This album came out and it's like, what the hell is this? I mean, this is so different than the album before it. And yeah, it's great. And it still holds up today. Sounds great. Walk in the shadows covered by arch enemy. Yeah. Uh, great right. song. Number eight kind of spoiled it already. Eat him and smile. David Lee Roth. Brad, as good as the first five Van Halen albums with covers and all. <laughs> all right. Give me a bottle yeah, of everything gonna... and a glazed donut to go. How about that? Well, the videos, yeah. The videos were, were spectacular. My doctor says I have to take a laxative. Not in my store, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, the videos were fantastic. As, the videos were better than the album. As <laughs> as a kid, the the intros to Yankee Rose and uh, going crazy, we had those things memorized. We watched those videos. We had them on VHS. We recorded them off of MTV, and we watched them over and over again. And I'm sure that if I were to watch it now, I could probably still recite the beginning to both of those uh, videos. And a lot of it is not politically correct at all. So, especially with the fabulous Picasso brothers. (laughs) Anyway. 
feel like you're winning. <laughs> Number seven. Sorry. <laughs> Number seven. The, we were receiving some signals from Mars there. Um, See what you did. Had number seven. We, we, we will. We will. The alarm is about to go off here. <laughs> we have Sorry. rain and blood. Number seven. Number seven. I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I've been preparing myself for that. I knew it wasn't going to be number one like it should be. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, that's that right there is my number one. Even though Peace Cells and Master of Puppets came out that year, you know, each, each one of those records was just another level of intensity. And once I heard Rain and Blood, boy, I was just completely sold on that could not stop listening to it and that was around the same time that i was starting to drive and had a lot more freedom to listen to what i wanted and uh just wore the hell out of that cassette i guess back then i i remember i bought the album cassette and cd all at the same time and uh, a guy from school was working at the record store and told me about a drawing they were having for a cd player and so I put my name in there after I told him I didn't have a CD player. I was just buying that for the heck of it. And I, th I think he might have helped me out because he called me later and said I had won. Oh, wow. So I got Rain and Blood and a free CD player, my first one. Wow. I'll never forget that. And uh, listen cool. to all these records we're talking about on CD from that point on. That, that was the fun thing to do was to go back out and buy some of those cassettes on CD yeah. after that. Rain and Blood for you, being the thrash connoisseur that you are, would you consider it the definitive thrash album? Yes, sir. Yeah, perfect from start to finish. It's just uh, there, there's a, a lot to say about every song on that record too, uh, especially you know when you're an uh, angry teenager with all that energy. That album was just great, especially you know, to listen to with your friends. I mean, you know, me and my friends would get in the car and drive around smoking and listening to Rain and Blood as loud as we could. And just, you know, talking about Dave Lombardo's drum riffs on and on. And, uh, and yeah, just listening to, I, I was really um, impressed by Kerry King the most, I think. I just, I loved his image and the, the nail armbands that he had, you know, his, yeah. his look just was... Uh, as awesome as could be. And uh, just, I love every single song on that record. Everyone just gets me going. Um, and I especially love, as great as the main tunes are, the uh, Altar of Sacrifice, Jesus Saves section. It's just one of the greatest moments of thrash metal history of all time. I mean, that just rips your face off. It's sad now that they don't play that. Like on Decade of Decadence back then, they were still playing some of those tracks, but you don't hear them play those anymore, which is sad. But uh, and then also, if you haven't seen it, they have that concert where they uh, did the uh, where they played the whole album, you know, a few years ago, and did the uh, Raining Blood literally on the stage. You've seen that before, right? Yeah, yeah. That was That's fun to watch too. That was produced by. Kevin Shirley 
of uh, Iron Maiden fame. Yeah. And uh, he actually had to replace all the music for that part. Because with all the goop falling on them, uh-huh. uh, the guitar you, the guitar started to sound like shit and <laughs> you could hear stuff bouncing off the drums and whatnot. So he just went and recorded them playing the song at, a, at an, another show and just uh, just swapped one in for the other. Hmm. It sure looked cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so we do have uh, Edgar Winterson checking in with us again this week. He asks, what happened to the CD player? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good question. After uh, <laughs> running away from home and at times not having money and a place to live, I, you know, I probably uh, sold it for something to smoke at some point, but. There you go. Uh, and he can, he follows up with, how can you be so angry when you want a CD player? <laughs> I wasn't angry about that. Yeah. Not at all. Although it, it didn't work very long. It, it worked for about uh, six months or so, and then I had to take it in for repair. And back then, a repair was probably uh, $90, I think it was. Right. And I was making three dollars and fifteen cents working at Kentucky Fried Chicken an hour, <laughs> so it took a lot of my money. You can imagine. All right, so all right, we have Anthony Mackie joining us. Anthony, you're you're giving us the Black Album, ACDC, Spinal Tap. Um. So, let's see here. So, beating rain and blood out. And actually, let's see if we can get... uh, Well, Anthony had voted pretty high for rain and blood. But uh, beating rain and blood by one point. Let me get back to my screen here with all the album covers. Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. Yeah, that hurts a bit. So, somewhere Carrie King just threw up. <laughs> Quite right, too. <laughs> this was when I saw this coming about. I was like, no, this this can't happen. I go because this is going to be the big bone of contention with this list. Is that slippery one wet? Peeks it out over top of Flair. So uh, slippery one wet. Who wants to talk about this one? Absolutely brilliant <laughs> album. I mean, I'm putting myself back into '86 when I was getting into this sort of stuff at the time. You know, I was getting into um, hair metal. And um, as we know, hair metal at the time was quite soft, but it was, uh, I mean, you, you cannot knock the singles that they brought off this album because they are absolute top belters. They uh, sold millions and millions of them. And so people cannot be wrong. 
you know, whatever you think of Bon Jovi now, and I don't think anything of them now. I hate them, but I love this album and I love uh, New Jersey. But this um, this album in particular, I mean, Living I mean, on a Prayer, on You a Give Love a Bad Name, Wanted Dead or Alive, they are three absolute classic rock tracks that would be on any playlist. You know, they've been played to death that we, you know, we don't even listen to them properly anymore. They're fantastic. You can sing along to them. They're in your head. You all know them. You think Ed sings along to uh, Wanted Dead or Alive every I th- time he comes in? I, th- I think Ed <laughs> does occasionally. I think Ed is in the shower. He's in the shower. He's in the bath. And it, it will come into his head now and again. We're spending too much time together. You've got me figured out too well. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to look tough with the Slayer talk. See that? <laughs> we're, we're really on the wall in front of Ed is is Bon Jovi poison and uh, slaughter. Yeah, right behind those records. Right behind my tough guy records, I've got yeah, Bon Jovi. You don't see that there. There you go. <laughs> I, mean, I will I will admit, okay. Uh I did have a Bon Jovi t shirt and a Metallica Master of Puppets t shirt. Because during these years I was still listening to these hard rock albums. 86, though, I think was a year when a big change in a lot of that sound really took off. You know, it started in 85, like with Motley Crue and such, going more rhythm and bluesy, I think, less heavy metal, less hard rock. Uh, So a lot of these records were, uh, you know, you had, you still had a lot of the darker sounding rock records, which I liked. You know, I was listening to that great white shot in the dark a lot. you know, different things that were, you know, popular, but not too, you know, dancey, like everything started to become like Def Leppard did, right. you know, the next year. Um, you know, after this year, things just became, yeah, a lot more poppy and a lot more. And and, and I think just, you know, as 87 went, uh, or during 87, that's when I just really became disillusioned with everything I was hearing and just was only listening to thrash and death metal from that point on. So during this year, though, it was kind of, I was still listening to both things. The the river water and the ocean water were mixing together at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so real quickly here, before we jump on into the top five, at 10, we had Tesla, Mechanical Resonance, at nine, Queensryche with Rage for Order. David Lee Roth with Edom and Smile at eight. Slayer with Rain and Blood at seven. And Bon Jovi with Slippery One Wet at six. At five, a lot of people crap on this album. But it seems like a lot of people here really like this album. So that's why it got it got as far as five. Turbo by Judas Priest. So I took a look at this today when determining my final order. And there were a few things that I was bandying about. And this album ended up 
making it in under the radar in my uh, in my top ten because it does have like five or six songs that I listen to quite a bit. Whoa! There goes Jeremy. There oh, goes Jeremy's Jeremy. Okay. Jeremy just went running for turbo, <laughs> I think. But um, anyway, so so yeah, so fueled for life the the double live album. I had that recorded off of MTV, and so all the singles off of this were on that double live album. You had Out in the Cold, you had Parental Guidance, you had Private Property, you had Locked In, and you had Turbo Lover mixed in with all the other Judas Priest classics. So I listened to that, and I watched that video a lot because it was one of the only, you know, concert videos that we had back then you know we'd we'd stay up late and record the uh mtv concerts and you'd hope that something was remotely hard rock or metal to record and and it wasn't the cockatoo twins or uh spandau ballet that week so when judas priest came on i freaked the hell out we had same vhs had fueled for life and it had empire strikes back on it so it was a good four hours worth of material that we'd watch straight. Um, anyway, anyone else want to mention something about Turbo? Ooh. Yeah, I'll see. All right. Um, oh, he's back. He's back. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, thought maybe that laxative kicked in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not in my store. Yeah, I... I mean, it's certainly, um, I mean, especially lyric wise, it's kind of, uh, on the cornball side, but, yeah. um, but, uh, I mean, musically it's, it's, it's pretty solid. It's fun to listen to. It's a really good sounding album. I think it's just that, uh, at that point people didn't want this from priest. Well, right. the average priest fan, I guess. Um, but I, I, I enjoy it. I, I like listening to it. I mean, I, I th I think a lot of that though I think you just hit the nail on the head. You come from screaming for vengeance, defenders of the faith. Even if you want to go back to as far as British Steel and some of the '70s albums, I think Turbo really threw a lot of people for a loop. It probably has a lot more to do with the production and them going from more of a Bon Jovi, Motley Crue sound that annoyed people because they were Judas Priest and they didn't have to do that. But yeah, there's also also an image thing going on here too. You, you talk about that concert. I mean, think about Rob had you know kind of long, long yeah. and it was all curly in the back, like permed a little. Well, KK was permed out. Um, you know, they all wore outfits. You know, that were made yeah. for him, special made for him. Uh, and I think you saw that with some of the other bands too. I mean, Queensryche. Look at look at the hair on those guys on that Rage for Order album. That's ridiculous. I mean, they they look like what the <laughs> hell is going on here? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that didn't last past that album. But there was something going on in '86 where image wise, guys were really, really poofing it out, even in the hard rock world. The 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 Krista Garmo's poodle or spiral curls or whatever you, the hell you call that and parted on I the side. Know, that, and, yeah. And the outfits they had made for yeah. him for that. Uh, it, it was just, it was just silly as can be. I, 
I don't know. Slayer, they probably didn't do that, did they? No. <laughs> but but Slayer did wear Slayer did wear eyeliner early on. So uh, yeah, in their first pictures they had it. Yeah. Trying to look evil though. <laughs> so they say. That's oh. why I wear eyeliner. <laughs> Tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't get into uh Queen Drake until um Operation Mindcrime. Sorry, when MTV started playing the Rage for yeah. Order stuff. I'm like, what the hell is this? Exactly. What band is this? Yeah, 86 was kind of a a weird moment in time for some of these bands. But uh, anyway, back to Turbo. Uh, Jeremy, the the mention of Turbo sent you running. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any comments about Turbo? Yeah, it's a a good album. I think um, on reflection, you know, listening to it again now, I I like it. It's got that sort of 80s sound to it, hasn't it? It's a bit different to what the normal piece is, but it's got great songs on it. And, you know, it's certainly not one of the worst priest albums ever. So, yeah, I like it. All right. There you go. Number four. An album that I still listen to a lot nowadays. Mm. And speaking of weird outfits, because the main man behind this band was wearing moo-moos and looked like uh, like Mrs. Roper <laughs> more than uh, more, more than anyone remotely close in uh, hard rock or metal. It is Ozzy Osbourne with oh. The Ultimate Sin. Nice. So th- this this album, we played the crap out of it. I still play it quite frequently. I love Jakey e. Lee's playing on this. I know that a lot of people don't like this album. I know Bob Daisley has come out and said that this is his least favorite album that he's ever done with Ozzy. But I think Jake's playing on this is is really, really good. There's a lot of good soloing and riffs in general. The, the, the song that always stands out to me off of this is the song Never. I think the soloing on that track is just, just ridiculously good. Just my opinion, but when I want to hear a great Jakey e. Lee solo, yes, everyone goes for Bark at the Moon and a lot of that. Stuff off of that album, but I think on, I think on Ultimate Sin he came into his own a little more and kind of did get a little flashier with his playing and and showed what he was capable of. So it's unfortunate. Jakey Lee solos. What's that? There's no bad guitar solo by Jake. Yeah, yeah. I'm either one of those. Ed's not wrong. Yeah, his playing is brilliant. That's a that's a really good album. I I don't know. It just felt that album just felt better to me than uh, Bark at the Moon for some reason. I mean, it was the production on it. Production, uh, but but the songs. I I thought the songs were better. I thought they were, I don't know, more better written. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot better than people give it credit for. Um, yeah. Again, that again, this you know, all, all this came out when I was sixteen, and I got a job at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I would, I could walk to work for in about 30 minutes and I had a Walkman. So I would always walk instead of having my mom take me or drive but as before I got a car so that I could uh, listen to uh, my tapes. And I was listening to that one every day that after that one came out, I can't remember what time of the year that came out, but uh, 
And I, and I bet that I bet on those nights when you worked, the chicken tasted a little bit. It sure did. That was the best chicken anybody had. <laughs> so it added a little more than the 11 herbs and spices. There you go. Ooh. The metal spirit. <laughs> cool. So, uh, but yeah, the outfits, Victor. You're you're not wrong on that either. The stuff these guys wore on that tour just ridiculous. Oh, More sequins and um, yeah. Jake Jake was wearing a pirate shirt, reminiscent of the uh, Slade <clears throat> picture that Jeremy sent around today. Looked yeah. like uh, Jerry Seinfeld's pirate shirt. If you guys have ever seen that episode, of Seinfeld. Shirt. yeah. Um. Uh, for me, that album, Joe and Hair, uh, it felt like an extremely fresh album. Uh, I was 14 uh, in Sweden, and when that album came out, it was, you know, it felt like this is the, this is the newest thing from uh, America, from the United States. It's, uh, it's like the freshest metal that, that you that you can hear so for me that album is magic cool from start to finish if it you does will. have a big sound compared to a lot of albums that were released mm-hmm. then, i think so johan's right that's a good point there's there's i will say there's one song that i always skip on this album and it happens to be the big Ooh. hit shot in the dark to me is just yeah, 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 never yeah, done yeah, it yeah. for me yeah, yeah, of course. It, <laughs> it it kind of, to me, honestly, I don't feel like that fits the rest of the album. No, it doesn't. But you know, it was a it was a big song for them. Yeah. But yeah, that's just you just got to beef with Phil Susan. That's your issue. No, even way back then, I've never been a ballad guy. So. I don't know. That was a wasn't a ballad. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> I'd rather hear Great White shot in the dark than Ozzy shot in the Ooh. dark. <laughs> there the same you go. Year. Dan is right about that. I'm I'm with you, Dan. So God, that's great, a great song, song, Dan. Yeah. Thanks. Great song. In '86, Ozzy was on tour and they had a support band, and that little support band is going to be the number one '86 album coming up. Yeah. We're, we're we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. I Ooh. see it. Uh, Edgar's mad at what Dan said there. There's there's three albums to go, and we know what band usually ends up uh, taking a cake. Mm. So I don't want to play the role. Well, get the cake. I don't want to play the role of spoiler here, but three huge albums at number three. Once again, behind Mr. Ferguson. Which one of those two albums is it? Rain and Blood all already came out. At three, we have. Yeah. 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 The Megadeth. This album to me was a big deal. This is my first intro to Thrash, Peace Cells. What a great intro. Yeah, and it was 
was it Wake Up Dead or another one? Wake like Up Dead. Cells? It was. Yeah. It was. It was Wake Up Dead, and, and I always reference this. It was because of WrestleMania three. It was because of Alice Cooper accompanying Jake the Snake Roberts to the ring, and Alice Cooper cutting a promo, name dropping both Megadeth and Anthrax. Hmm. So my neighbor bought P-Cells as a result. And just hearing Wake Up Dead for the first time in his garage was one of these, you now have the emoji with the head blowing yeah. up. <laughs> it was that. It was, yes, it was. what the hell <laughs> is this? Especially when you get to the end of the song and the song just changes up. That could have been a completely different song. It's like, wait, did they start a new song? No, no, this is still part of Wake Up Dead. What? It is? And then the soloing starts at the end of the song. Like, what the hell is this? You know, it just, it was it was the perfect storm. And then, and then the conjuring and then the quote unquote title track. And then what sealed the deal for me was Devil's Island. What a, what a side one to any album. Mm-hmm. I like side one a lot more than side two. Not to say that side two sucks, but side one is just an avalanche of music. It, it is just tremendous. So, uh, Ed, P-Cells. Yeah, this came, I put this one number three, but I didn't really know how to say whether this or you know, Metallica beat out for me because they're just so, both of them are so great. And I listen to both of them multiple times a year. Um, this one I ended up putting at three, I think because of the, you know, the one cover tune. Okay. Uh, I ain't superstitious. Yeah. yeah. Stevie Wonder song. Yeah, that I, I put it number three because of that. It get it got just one little point less for that. Even though that's uh you know that can be a okay song. I don't skip the song when I'm listening to the record, but I would have rather have heard another you know bad omen type tune or something. Right. But yeah, just like you said, it blows you away the first time you hear this uh, album. And the more you listen to it, the more you're blown away by the playing of everybody in that band. And uh, it, and I yeah, I love side two just as much as I love side one. That uh, Good Morning Black Friday and Bad Omen, that's another awesome moment of thrash metal history. It just doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. Just awesome stuff. Never gets old. I miss Sam Carlson, too. Did I say his name right? Garson. Yeah, Garson. I said it backwards there. It's this yeah. Elijah Craig I'm drinking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my hammy Sagar was on purpose. Yours wasn't. <laughs> Your subliminal messaging there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I One of my favorite tracks of all time from Megadeth is Hook and Mouth on this album. Uh, Hook and Mouth is off of uh, So Far sorry, So What. Am I on the wrong album? Yes, you're talking about. Oh, we're um, in P cells. That's right. P cells, yeah. But um, I haven't been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I should be drinking. The Hangar 18 single actually has both hook and mouth 
and the conjuring. So there you go. Close enough. Uh, all right. Anyone else want to say something about P-Cells or shall we move on to number two? Yeah, you're- yeah let's see if Edgar uh, Winter's son is right about this. Oh, let's see. Edgar Winter's son. Edgar's going to be sad, I think. Spoiler, Iron Maiden is number two. King Diamond, number one. Uh, Edgar, you joined us late. King Diamond is number 37. Why? Yeah. Because not enough people voted for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. So at... Let me get back to the screen here. Wow. Yeah, so... There's two big albums left. Edgar Winterson seems to think it's Iron Maiden. Saying shenanigans. Uh, (laughs) Metal Dan is saying that it's Master of Puppets. That's number one. General consensus. Jeremy, what do you think number two, number one is? I think Puppets is number one. Brad? Well, I mean, it'd be very strange for us to not have Iron Maiden be number one, so I'm going to stick with Iron Maiden at number one. Ed? I would say Master of Puppets, but with this group, I won't be surprised if it's Iron Maiden. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be. Unless, well, you know. Although we let some outsiders vote on this one, though. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Ooh. Johan? Come on, Victor. Master of Puppets or Somewhere in Time as number one? <laughs> well, I'm hoping for uh, the Swedish band Treat, but <laughs> 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 probably not. So, uh, no, I actually I'm, I'm hoping for uh, Master because, you know, Metallica is, we have talked about them enough. So, uh, I'm hoping for treat. Treat, yeah. Treat. <laughs> Edgar, Edgar is saying American bias. Edgar, Iron Maiden has won 1981, 1982, 1983, 1984, did not win 85 because they released live after death. And because we don't count live albums, the greatest hits, we try not to. So there is American bias when it comes to any of these lists. Quite the opposite. We could say there's a British bias. So at number two, arguably one of the greatest album covers of all time. You could say it about both of these albums. (laughs) Oh, golly. Oh, we're stretching this one out pretty long. There you are. Number two. Give me a drop. From the coast of gold to the seven seas, it is Iron Maiden. Oh, oh wow. Time. There we go. Oh. Uh. This is an album. All right. So, in hindsight, is it one of my favorite Iron Maiden albums? No. No. At the time, much like what Ed is saying, 
We played the ever-living shit out of this album. We absolutely loved it. And it is the first thing, the first full album by Iron Maiden that I got to listen to. Which made me instantly, as soon as I stepped on Spanish soil and I got money to buy cassettes, I went and bought Peace of Mind and Live After Death. So, somewhere in time... No, I would say the catalyst is the Masters of Metal compilation, which had run to the hills. But my cousin, Gabriel, the metal dentist, also a patron, um, him getting somewhere in time is my real jump off point for my love for Iron Maiden. So um, is it a brilliant album? No. Is it a good album? Yes. Would I take it over Book of Stools and Shit Jitsu and uh, um, A Matter of Life and Death? And let's put it this way out of the original classics up until Seven Son of a Seven Son, it's probably my least favorite out of all of those. Uh, possibly Brave New World gets goes above them. But nothing that came out after Seven Sun outside of Brave New World, I think, is better than Somewhere in Time. It still has good music on it. I think the production kind of sucks on it, especially with the guitars. But I still think it's a good album. Uh, Brad, you said that you thought it would be number one. What do you think of this album? Um, I pretty much agree with you. It's... uh I, I mean, I love. I played the heck out of it when I got it, and I loved it and enjoyed it. Uh, but it wasn't. I don't think it was as good as the ones before it, right? Or even seven. I thought Seventh Son was much better. Yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot better. So I'm kind of you and I are kind of on the same page here. Uh, but it was a great album. I didn't get to see him on this tour though. So an interesting thing when they played Salt Lake City. Uh, they didn't play arena like they had before. Uh, they played a convention hall okay. kind of thing. You know, it was uh, so it wasn't as big as big of a show. Uh, although I, I believe they did tour with a pretty big setup, and and of course they had custom made outfits too because it was '86. They had to have all the you know all of that stuff. So I don't know. anybody here see them on this tour? Yeah, 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 yeah. What'd you What'd you think, Dan? Vinnie Vincent opened. Uh, and that was a scream. That's right. Yeah, I saw the, the show a couple times. They didn't tour this album enough. Um, they didn't record it video-wise video enough. There's some stuff out there, mm -hmm. but there's not the full. And now they tr kind of bring it back this tours and kind of work off of it. So brilliant album cover um, and uh, very fun uh, live show, especially after the previous tour. Uh, and uh, I like many of those tracks to be hearing them live from this album, but Victor summed it up the best. Go ahead, Johan, you had yeah. something to say. Hey, I, I saw them as well on this tour. Uh, I think this is probably my first big concert uh, that I saw. Uh, uh, Iron Maiden in November, Gothenburg, Wasp were opening up. Uh, and it was magic. Uh, you know, to see Maiden in Gothenburg is special. And uh, 
Wasp was also a huge band in Sweden. So for me, this night was magic. It was, uh, you can see it on YouTube. It's a fantastic yeah. show. Uh, and uh, I think that this one is one of my top five memories of all time to see Maiden on this tour. And the sound, as we were speaking of, were, I know, synthetic and so, but it felt so fresh back then. Now it's different. But then it felt fresh. It felt like Maiden was developing into the next level. So uh, I, I cherish this album so much and uh, I love it. To hear them opening up with Caught Somewhere in Time at Sweden Rock this summer were, I mean, you know, my eyes went wet. So, <laughs> yeah, I really like this album. Yeah. Thank you. All right. And this is also the album that started to uh, push Adrian and Bruce away. So I'm not sure if that maybe had something to do with the um, the not being recorded on tour or something along those lines. I know that there were pictures of Bruce out there where he had a half-shaven face, and he was he, with his interviews. He was he wasn't the most pleasant person at the time. So. I don't know if that played into it. And, and obviously, um, Seven Sun was then Adrian Smith's last album for some time, and Bruce didn't last that much longer afterwards. That just probably was road wear of just doing it too much. Um, ego. Yeah, a lot of ego, a lot of Steve Harris not wanting to relinquish writing. Yeah wanting to have more of his songs on the albums because it was his band and yeah. so on and so forth. And those egos clash. And Bruce had material in his head that he was writing already. And it yeah. soon. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, at number one, well, before we get there, let's do, uh, what top five real quickly here. We had priest, with Turbo, Ozzy with Ultimate Sin, Megadeth with Peacells, but who's buying? Iron Maiden with Somewhere in Time. And, and if you look at that, if, uh, if we were biased in anything, the top five, three of the bands are British and two are American. So, and if we, if we look at the entire top 15 here, Metal Church American, Poison American, Fastway British, Europe Swedish, except German, Tesla American, Queensrÿche American, David Lee Roth American, Slayer American, Bon Jovi American. But then the nitty gritty is three of five are British bands. So and and one could say that Megadeth 
and Metallica are very influenced by British bands. So, Master of Puppets, number one. What's the point difference between one and two? Do you kind of have that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, mm. there's a huge difference. It's 16 uh, points. Okay. So wow. long. Um, just to give you guys an idea, there's 16 points between one and two. There's 13 points between two and three. There's nine points between three and four. And then there's 30 points between four and five. So, and that generally happens. A lot of people vote for the first few albums and then there's a point somewhere in the top 10 where there's a, where there's a huge drop off. So Master of Puppets, who wants to say something about Master of Puppets? Ed, I'm sure you're dying to say something. Yeah, this... I remember this album was kind of where the Metallica family really started to build. You remember we talked about Ride the Lightning before, mm-hmm. and I loved that instantly. And but when I would play it for my friends, even some of my heavy metal friends, especially when they heard fight fire with fire, they didn't like it. And I think they didn't pay much attention to Metallica some because of that. But then when this was released, I remember buying this and uh, Twisted Sister come out and play, I think came out at the same time. And I took them both home and I listened to the Twisted Sister first and I was kind of disappointed in the sound of that because that was another record kind of going in a more commercial direction. And then I put in Master of Puppets and I don't think I listened to the Twisted Sister much anymore after that. But, uh, and then I just, you know, noticed more and more people uh, becoming Metallica fans after this. And I think that tour they did with Ozzy that year helped a lot too. Right. And so, um, that, yeah, that was Master of Puppets is what took them to that new level, whole new fan base. And they just really it just exploded from there. And, but it makes sense why. I mean, the, you know, the music on that record is uh, just every song is amazing. It's perfect from start to finish. And, uh, you know, it's not just thrash metal. It's, it's heavy metal and thrash metal. It's got something in there for everybody to enjoy. And it's got Cliff Burton, you know. Rest in peace, Cliff. This album for, I mean, obviously it's number one here. Um, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of famous people, greatest metal album of all time. Greatest thrash album of all time. You obviously think Rain and Blood, uh, yeah, Rain and Blood is better than this. Yeah, Rain and Blood is you know more of a pure thrash metal record from start to finish. Uh, you know, Metallic is definitely thrash metal during these years, but they have a little more variety to their sound. Yeah, I mean, you look at something like uh, Sanitarium, and that's. I mean, uh, a borderline ballad, especially yeah. 
and the thing that should not be, you know, it's kind of slow and yeah. sludgy throughout. Yeah. Yeah. That's what thrash metal is, though. It's taking you in all those dynamic directions. You know, it's throwing everything into the pot and thrashing it around. Yeah. And that rain and blood for me, though, is just the perfect representation of that. But uh, yeah, this album I still listen to all the time, every year. And a fun album to play guitar wise, too. Johan, how about for you, Master of Puppets? Well, I uh, I bought the record uh, the same week it came out in Sweden. Uh, it was good, but I, to be honest, I wasn't completely uh, ready for that kind of hard music. So I I think it's probably lasted for a couple of months. Then it was the best record. I ever heard, but at first it was a bit hard. Uh, I was back then too much into the the big choruses and uh, the melodies. But uh, oh, now now it is uh, completely. It's a, it's a complete record. It's it's absolutely fantastic. But um, I remember it wasn't when I bought it. It wasn't uh, ten out of ten. Nowadays, but it took me a couple of months to to get to that point. Okay, that's what I was saying. Kind of, I think a lot of my friends or people I knew back then were it just kind of kind of hit them a bit too strong at first. Uh, but then, as Metallica became more popular with Master of Puppets and that tour they did, and they were hearing other songs that weren't in the speed of Fight Fire with Fire or Battery. Then they started paying a little more attention, getting a little more hooked. And then as time went on, people started liking the thrashier stuff too. Cool. Uh, Dan, anything to say about Master of Puppets? It's a perfect album. In uh, 86, this album comes out, and I bought it the day it came out and fell in love with it immediately. The sound was perfect pitch. Everything mixing was absolutely perfect. It wasn't muddy. It was clear. It was heavy. It was what I wanted at the time. But what a range to be listening from Bon Jovi to Metallica in the same year, going to the same concerts, and it all just worked for me. The, the thing that I notice now is, and FM radio in 1986, we had a local radio station called KNAC out of Long Beach, California, that would play the songs and you'd hear it on the radio and you get it because we were using cassettes at the time. And you'd, I'd get it all excited because Metallic's on the radio. But regular FM radio wouldn't play it at all. They'd ignore it. Now, here we are in 2023. And, of course, it doesn't hurt that they were in a recent Netflix thing. But <laughs> more of these tracks from this album are played now regularly Maybe as, as, our, as our our generation is at that age now, and this is this music is now more common now, and couldn't get a damn bit of airplay back in 1986. That's what I got to say. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you. What what made you buy it on the first day? Was it airplay? Was it just the first two albums or seeing them at a show? Yeah, this was the first time I saw them on tour, but I already knew about Fire Fire with Fire. I knew about the previous album, and uh, I think we must have gotten some sneak peeks 
we did on KNAC at the time. You know, this is going to be coming up. So they were pumping it. So to be listening to local FM radio, and we got lucky to have KNAC in our lives for that little bit. Um, that that they, So they played songs off of that. So that instantly went out and bought it. Absolutely. And I was working at a record store. So uh, what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, how about you? Anything to say about Master Puppets? Yeah, it was a little bit like uh, Ed's friends, really. I was, you know, it took me a while to get into the into this album, and I probably didn't like it when it first came out. You know, I was really the sort of the kid who was into hair metal at the time, so I was going down the supermarket looking for hairspray and big boots <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And you so Metallica were, a, I could, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I. Um, yeah, I you know I wasn't into Metallica at all, but you know I got into them later, obviously, and, and worked my way back a bit, like as you were saying. Uh, what I would say about it is that um, the one the one song on the album that I still love today is um, the one that re- I think every time I've seen them live is the best song that they ever play, and it's Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever they play that song live, it's absolutely killer. Um, it's just something about that riff as they go into it. But I, I think I think Johan sort of mentioned this earlier, you know, the balance on the album is really right as well. Um, you know, they've got there's no um there's no poor song on the album and I think it's a you know really well balanced album. It may not be their best album, but it's certainly uh it's up there and it's you know it's a fantastic, fantastic album. Great cover and it's um, you know it sort of blends that thrash and melody, which I think makes them into such a star band. You know, if you're going to be a great uh, act and sell to many people, you've got to get the balance right, and they, they seem to do it. So Edgar Winterson is saying David Lee Travis refused to play it on Radio One. Yeah, yeah, Dave Lee Travis, I know him. Yeah, I remember him. Big, big beard and mustache from the 70s and, and 80s um yeah well they, they re- used to refuse to play a lot on radio one <laughs> sex pistols and all and everything wow. else <laughs> brad anything to say about master of puppets uh no i think you guys have, have covered it all and um yeah i did i you know i did see him on that tour uh, warming up for Ozzy. And so, yeah. And you've listened to that album. This isn't like back and black. ACDC. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I've not sat down and listened to it. Do you have a copy of this too? I've not listened to it start to finish, so I need to do I that. shared that comment with you my did. wife, and even she was shocked. He had never listened to Back in Black all the way through. And no, she said, who I, is this guy? Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Well, hey, you better put that on your list. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going to listen to this. Um, I yeah, love the you, only Brad. album I've listened to start to finish is the first one. Sorry, Brad. I love you, anyways. It's it's all good. It was Thank just you. a shocker. Wow. I know. Well, um, yeah. I I don't I don't know why. Maybe maybe the. You know, the whole thing of seeing them before they were signed and and uh, not being that impressed then kind of worked against me. I, I don't know. I, I need to I, I was I was a bit of a snob when I was young. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say totally. that. Totally. So. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the beautiful thing is I can still listen to this stuff now. I did listen to the whole David Lee Roth album, though. 
And I don't know, guy, the, the vinyl version of that was so dull. There was no highs in it. Uh, it was really hard. It was really a hard listen for me. So I did, but I did listen to the whole thing. I was like, guy, this is not, I, I expected more. Maybe that was the problem. My expectations were, see, that's one of my rules. I think if you go back here to Brad's rules here. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, rule 17, <laughs> expectation leads to disappointment. <laughs> we, we need a copy of that for the website. Yeah, and, and number two is probably going to be your favorite. If you're going to eat poop, eat your own. <laughs> well i thank thank you you know i'll keep that in mind in the future it's a good rule it's a it's a very steadfast yeah uh yeah uh speaking about eating poop my next comment will probably be the equivalent of that but this is probably my least favorite of the first Five Metallica albums. Mm. Really? How come? Albums. I, I th- outside of Battery and the title track, I, th- I think Ed mentioned it. A lot of the like sludgier, slower songs just kind of didn't, have never done it for me. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, and I listened back to the album today and I was like, man, it just doesn't grab me the same way that ride the lightning does or injustice or, you know, cause I like a lot of that faster paced stuff that they've done. So, um, just my weird taste in music. So hey, and, uh, no, that, that's a valid thing though. I mean, you know, we've talked about this often. If you like something, you like something. M- music to me is like food. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And, and, you know, we shouldn't, you know, people shouldn't feel bad for not liking something or, or liking something for that matter. If you, you know, it's just, we should, we should all enjoy music and enjoy the music we like. And, um, and, and probably, and, and this is probably, uh, too much information for most people, but, uh, I did lose my virginity to, uh, this album. So, uh, (laughs) Uh, to which one? Wow. Wow. What song? Wow. What song? <laughs> yeah. This is one of the short ones, right? It wasn't seven minutes oh, of monster. No, no. Sanitarium. It was sanitarium. Oh. Uh, wow. Well. Had uh, had had wow. uh, the, wow. the, the the person I, that I, was I, I, now I have to listen to this album. <laughs> He sure it wasn't. He showed the lady who was on the other end, wasn't it? The thing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we won't get into that. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man, Johan is covering his eyes. No, I think I think this, I think this is another uh, topic for another podcast, Victor. You know what song? Uh, what song got you sexy? <laughs> oh boy! I'll get to talk about Rain and Blood again. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, hey Edgar, why don't you chime in? Tell us, tell us. Oh wait, are you still a virgin, Edgar? When is? So, so, let's let's not put gas on the fire there, uh, Brad. 
<laughs> oh man! If Ed, if Egg is in the UK, he's probably gone to sleep by now. <laughs> Perhaps. That is. That is no, he's, he's, no, he's there. there. He's there. Chicky sod. There you Once go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Metallica dethrones Iron Maiden. I don't. I don't even know what's real anymore. You don't know what's up or what's down. Yeah, there you go. I thought Maiden would win because of Victor's non-favorable opinion of Master. So I'm a, I'm a bit surprised. Um, like I Master Puppets fans overcame your votes. Yeah, like like I said, um, Master of Puppets wasn't on three lists, I think, but on every list that it appeared, it was one or two. Mm, I think maybe one one of the lists that was somewhere in the middle. But for most people, it was close to the top, and that's usually what it takes to, to win this. So, and, and, and I think a lot of people, again, I think the, the Maiden album was kind of, I, I, I think that the Maiden album was, was kind of one that if, if you go back and look at it again, you look at their streak of albums and with those classic albums all the way up to Seventh Son, to me, it's the weakest of the lot, but is what it is. Um, Yeah, and, and and with a lot of these albums, like I said, whether it comes to the priest, whether it comes to the Bon Jovi, they were all over TV. They were all over. Um, they were all over the radio as well. So, I think that has a lot to do with people's voting. And and again, like I said, we had Peter Gabriel, we had Genesis, we had Billy Idol, we had. Beastie Boys, Transformers, The Smithereens, Depeche Mode. Even Why didn't we have Killer? How come nobody voted for Killer Dwarves? Stand tall. Yeah, Killer Dwarves is another. Hey, That's a good album. I know. I know somebody who probably would have voted for it, but they didn't. Yeah, vote. it was in my. I had it in my fifteen. I couldn't get it in, but uh, okay. I, there are some outstanding tracks on that one. Here's John Triumph, The Sport of Kings. Did anybody like that one? No, no. <laughs> it's a good. No, it's a good album, but it's um not top ten. Okay, yeah. All right, fair enough. Well, it didn't. It's on my list, but it didn't make my top ten. So here's I, I here's one for you guys that was on nobody's list, um, and it was close to being in my ten. Was Inve Malmsteen's trilogy? Ah, good Ooh. one, good one. Yeah, Inve Mountain's trilogy has the song Liar, has The Queen Is In Love, has You Don't Remember. Her, I'll Never Forget. It has Fire as well. I mean, that is probably, is probably his best album, just on those songs alone. Uh, uh, Johan is thinking about it, and he's... And I mean, Odyssey is probably his most popular album. But that's those, Joe Lynn Turner one, right? What's that? Joe Lynn Turner is on Odyssey. Is Joe that right? Lynn Turner's on Odyssey. Yeah. But and I this, think this that is uh, um, okay. What's Jeff Scott Soto. 
Jeff Scott Soto's on this? The, is yeah. it Jeff Scott Soto or, or Mark Bowles? Oh, Mark Bowles it could be, yeah. I, okay, I got to listen to this one too then. I, uh, and, yeah, that's a great here For a second, uh, Victor, do you see what uh, Anthony there said when I asked him what his number one record? Yeah, he said Slayer. Yeah, just wanted to point that out. That, uh, <laughs> number one, he said. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you this. When when I was uh compiling the list, the first half of the list all voted for Slayer. Yeah. Back half nobody voted for Slayer. So what about was, your kids? Um, no, Slayer for your kids? Let's see. My kids. Uh my youngest son. Did Master of Puppets, Who Made Who, Peace Cells, Somewhere in Time, Turbo, Ultimate Sin, QR3, 5150, Rage for Order, and Slippery One Wet. Nice. What about the other one? What he do? His number one was The Final Countdown. Number two was Turbo. Number three is Master of Puppets. Number four is Inside the Electric Circus. Number five, Somewhere in Time. Number six, QR3. Number seven, fifty-one fifty. Number eight, Sepultura's Morbid Visions. Wow, uh, nice. Number nine, Peace Cells. And number ten, The Ultimate Sin. Wow. That's cool. And they're making you listen to fifty-one fifty too. Both of them. So right. there you go. <laughs> uh Crimson Glory is let's see. It was 27, Anthony. So. Did, yeah, anyone vote, did anyone vote for Black Sabbath, Seven Star? See, that's yeah. another one. Seven Star is oh, another wow. one that I'm surprised nobody voted for. Uh, great album. Love it. Uh, Says Joanne. Trilogy is Mark Bowles on lead vocals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. Maybe it was the album cover that kept that off the list. No, the yeah. album cover's kind of cool. The three-headed really? dragon that he's fighting okay. off with the strat. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, when I get attacked, I'm going to call Ingve and tell him to bring his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got to unleash the fucking fury. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so on that note, folks, I do want to thank everyone who has joined us tonight. We had Edgar Winterson in the chat. We had Bill Elam in the chat. We had Tony in the chat, John Ross. We also had um, Anthony Mackey. And uh, it sucks that we couldn't get his uh, his audio or video to work. We, we got to make sure this works for the next time around. Definitely. And, um, we, need, we need Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. His his comments are always valued. They're, they're always point. appreciated. So um, also want to thank you guys, um, Johan, Metal Dan, Jerry, Brad, and Ed for being here. 
There you go. That was my takeaway as I had to go back and watch that video because of Victor saying that freaking line. It is hilarious. Doctor you got to go back. to take laxatives. my soda, you don't. <laughs> so I had a little sidebar with myself and I had to check out. I got myself in trouble there with some audio and check out that Spanish version. You got to play that for your kids because it's it's amazing. It's so well done. So I got to listen to the David Lee Roth Eat Him a Smile album again. And again, thanks, Victor. There you go. That, that's the reason why we do this. So that Vic, that video is amazingly awesome. You got to watch it again. Well, both of them, both of the those two, and and the just a gigolo video as well. I mean, those first few David Lee Roth videos were all super entertaining. They were funny. They were, you know, it was. As a oh, kid, yeah. it was what, what you wanted, you know? That was the reason why I listened to Victor to begin with in his shows and his podcasts. Back in the day, he could be really uh, – it comes from nowhere, and he would throw in these things randomly, and I would laugh, and uh, I missed that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Picasso, are there any places you can't quite reach with the washcloth? <laughs> this is the guy out of the way. <laughs> anyway – Thank you, everyone who is here tonight. Thank you, everyone watching live, watching the replay, listening to the replay. Uh, the podcast version will be slightly late for this. I'm sorting some things out. We first have to put up that uh, September albums review, which the podcast version is not out yet, but will be out shortly, hopefully in the next few days. And then it'll be followed Everybody by this. Everybody needs to listen to that, by the way. It's excellent. Awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. Loved it. On that note, folks, we will see you next time right here on Signals from Mars. See you. to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 